Maybe it's a classic, or maybe a flop. Has Katie seen it? She probably has not. She'll sit down and watch it if it's good or it's bad. Hey, have you seen this? No, Katie hasn't seen that. Hi, I'm Katie, and if I had a nickel for every time someone said to me, Wait, you haven't seen this movie? Oh my god, you need to see this movie. I'd be very rich. So this is my podcast, where I finally watch those movies you all have told me I need to see, and I tell you what I think. Well, 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 we meet again. I hope you brought some Cheetos to put in my popcorn, because that's how I like my popcorn now. We make popcorn, you get some Cheetos, you put the Cheetos in the popcorn, and you eat it with chopsticks while you watch a movie. There's actually a movie theater near me that makes Cheeto popcorn, where the popcorn is coated in Cheeto dust. And it's warm and they put Cheeto chunks in it. Oh my gosh. I haven't had that in such a long time. I haven't been to the movies in a long time. I've just been watching movies at home. So maybe one of these days I can go get myself some Cheeto popcorn. But until then, there's a Cheeto popcorn hack. Welcome to another episode of Katie Hasn't Seen That. And before we get going, sometimes you feel like a spoiler. Sometimes you don't. So there are spoilers ahead. Keep that in mind because today I'm watching Hackers. I don't know why I said it like that. Today I'm watching Hackers. This movie has been recommended to me so many times. People are like, have you seen Hackers? I'm like, no, I haven't. I think Matthew Lillard comes up a lot in conversation or there was a stretch of time that he did. And Matthew Lillard is in Hackers. So is Angelina Jolie and Jesse Bradford. If you don't know who Jesse Bradford is, he was a hot item in the early 2000s. He was in Clock Stoppers, Bring It On, Swim Fan. If you know any of these movies, you're like, oh, I know who Jesse Bradford is. He had a minute or two, and uh, I didn't know he was in this. I wonder how young he'll be in this, because this movie is from 1995, which you know me, I love me my 90s. 95 can be an iffy year for movies for me, though, so I'm very curious how this one's going to go. Hackers is listed as a thriller crime, which I love thrillers. I've noticed... In my adult years, I don't know how else to put it. I really like thrillers. Like, I don't like mysteries. Mysteries can be boring, but thriller mysteries, those are usually a 10 out of 10. Anything that'll keep you on the edge of your seat, I'm down for. So this is allegedly a thriller. It's directed by Ian Softly. Oh, and he directed one of my favorite films, K-Pax, which I feel like I can't like anymore because Kevin Spacey's in it. K-Pax has an amazing soundtrack as well. K-Pax was a movie with Jeff Bridges, He Who Shall Not Be Named, and it was about a patient at a mental hospital who claimed to be from another planet called K-Pax, and Jeff Bridges, who played the psychiatrist, tries to help him. And I really liked that movie, and I'm sad that it is tainted a little bit now. It's not tainted a little bit. It's tainted a lot, and it doesn't hold that same feeling that it used to when one of the actors in it wasn't a complete piece of shit. So I kind of hate that now. Like, I don't know why people can't just be good people. I just don't get it because not only do you just be a piece of shit, you ruin stuff in the process for not only yourself, but for many other people. So hopefully hackers will replace K-Packs for me. And uh, I don't know. Now I'm putting a lot of weight on this movie. I'm like, this better fill that void of a movie that I used to love a lot. Sorry if I got weirdly serious for a second, but I get a little frustrated about that. It's like, full disclosure, Kevin Spacey used to be my favorite actor. And then I start to feel foolish 
because I'm like, I should have realized that he was a piece of shit, but I didn't. And so I had all these movies that I had loved that he had been in. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You learn about somebody, something comes out about them. It's just like this deep sense of disappointment because sometimes it's like that was one thing that I was sure of in my identity was I like these movies. And then it almost had to like reconfigure that in my brain and what those movies meant to me, if that makes any sense. I could just be talking into the literal void and everyone's going like, okay, Katie, whatever you say. But if you kind of understand what I'm saying, let me know so I don't feel so crazy about it. But I'm kind of excited about this one now because it's actually directed by the same person. What do I think Hackers is about? Literally no idea. I think it's a bunch of high school kids. If I'm going based upon very few things I've seen about this movie, hacking into a mall store. What are they hacking into? Oh my God. What are they hacking into? They have to hack into something. Maybe they're hacking into the mall to open up the mall in the nighttime so that they can hang out in the mall. So they're overriding the mall security system and these kids are hacking it. And that's what I think Hackers is about. Stay tuned to find out if I'm correct. I feel like there's a 50-50 chance I'm spot on or 100% completely wrong. Let's check out box office. Ooh, ooh. Um, apparently, the budget for this movie is an estimated $20 million. The gross worldwide is $7,563,728. So clearly it didn't make up what it's estimated to have cost to make, but I believe this is like a cult classic. People love this film. Sometimes you make movies that don't make a lot of the box office, but they make a lot of memories for people in their hearts. I don't think this takes into consideration DVD sales, VHS sales, Blu-ray sales digital sales. So I'm sure there is other, obviously, money that goes into this, but this one did not make back what it was estimated to make. So what are the ratings for hackers? Where does this land on any of the scales? On Internet Movie Database, we got a 6.2 out of 10. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes is 31%. Metacritic, 46%. But guess what? 81% of Google users like this movie. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. That's a lot of low ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. I don't think we've seen that in a while. So I guess I should go watch Hackers and see if I end up on the Rotten Tomatoes side of things or Google users. I'm going to go hack myself some popcorn in my microwave because it's fun to pretend sometimes. Okay, I'm going to go watch this movie and I will let you all know what I think. It has been many moons, but I am back and I I watched Hackers. It is much later than I had originally watched it. Life just kind of went to 160 miles per hour. And so finally, I am recording the second half of me watching Hackers. It's also 102 degrees here. Previously, um, not too long ago, 103 degrees. And I just did an hour long weights workout. I'm what you might call exhausted, maybe a little sweaty. Trying to stay on top of working out because I think it's one of the few things that keeps my brain from exploding and also just allows me to think more clearly. And so I've been still trying to work out despite, you know, a small apocalypse rolling through, small heat wave. But I digress. It's time to talk about hackers. This movie is full of 
so much 90s goodness. And also, if you ever needed someone to understand what it was like to be alive in the 90s, just show them this film. Like, I'm thinking somebody who's Gen Z, which apparently are called Zoomers as well, which is very confusing. There are too many labels for the generations at this point. I need one label. Gen Z works fine, but we got Zoomers and apparently Generation Alpha. Like, who decided that that was a good name? Oh, let's call them Generation Alpha, which I know it's the Greek alphabet, but Alpha has taken on such a different meaning in the last several years. We've all seen the things about alpha males and dating gurus, and I don't think Generation Alpha is the way to go. This is not the route we want to take. Just going to say that right now. <laughs> let's begin, obviously, with a little synopsis about what this movie is, because people on the internet already have worded the movie plot in a better way than I could ever explain. A teenage hacker finds himself framed for the theft of millions of dollars from a major corporation. Master hacker Dade Murphy, aka Zero Cool, aka Crash Override, has been banned from touching a keyboard for seven years after crashing over 1,500 Wall Street computers at the age of 11. Now keen to get back in front of a monitor, he finds himself in more trouble than ever. There is just a lot about this movie right out the gate. Starts with the young kid in court just getting sentenced to not touching computers because he's such a badass hacker. And literally, it's about this character, Dade, who turns 18 and then he can use computers again and legitimately just starts hacking immediately. But I have a lot of questions about this movie just purely because... It makes it seem like there's a lot of teenage hackers in real life. Is this a thing? Are there like groups in high schools that are just like, is there a hacker club? Because I just feel like how were there so many hackers in one area? I'm getting ahead of myself. This movie starts off. I thought it was really interesting that they used the city scape and circuit board transition I thought that was neat. I mean, it was very dated looking because it's from 1995, but I appreciated it. I also just feel like it's something of note that Dade literally waited till his 18th birthday to just wreak havoc once again, messing with the feeds for television shows so he could just watch what he wants. But then that's how he meets another hacker. And this computer system is so dated that it's almost so good. Growing up with those computers that you see in this movie, those were cutting edge. And now I look back at it and I'm like, how on earth was this considered cutting edge? How did Nintendo 64 games blow everybody's mind? And nowadays we have things like Cyberpunk 2077 and just like the graphics quality of everything is so real life. But back in the day, those computers were just cutting edge. You look at the server rooms in this movie. They are ginormous. How did we get anything done? Though, when I saw this, sometimes it made me want that. Just the slowness of the internet at the time. The fact that it was touch-tone phones. Like the phones you have to pick up and like press the buttons or use the dial to ring in and call somebody. And then if nobody was there, you left an answering machine message. Nowadays, we have our phones and they're literally just computers in our pockets. We're connected at all times. We have no breaks. We have text messaging. So it's essentially sending tiny emails all the time. Then we have regular email. And then we have apps like Discord or WhatsApp and other things 
to also use to text and call. There's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's TikTok. There's just so much at our fingertips at all times. When you compare this movie to literally today, which is a mere 27 years, which is, yes, some people are like, oh, that's a long time. Listen, life is done in a blink of an eye. And as I get older, I realize that more and more and how horrifying that is. Also, I'm a medical coder and I had a fill in for a coworker recently. So I've been doing inpatient charts, which means people who come in who need to stay at the hospital and legitimately how fast life can just change in an instant and you can get sick and something could happen. There's a lot of people who get hurt by drinking and driving ATVs. So this is a PCA, a PCA. What the hell is that? Too many computers on my brain. PSA, don't drink and drive vehicles because you could break like all the bones in your body and then you're in rehab for like, well, it could be alcohol rehab, but also rehab for physical therapy for a very long time. That's just a side tangent. But what I'm saying is that you realize how short life is when you do what I do because you see how illness can affect quality of life and people's lives and the ages that these things come on, the onset of stuff. So 27 years ago is yes, some time has passed. I just remember as a kid, I was in public school for quite a long time. My parents pulled us out of school when I was in fifth grade, which is its own story, its own ball of wax. But I remember when I was in school, second grade, third grade, if you got your schoolwork done early, they had an Apple computer in the classroom and you got to go play games on the Apple computer like Lemonade Stand. If anybody remembers Lemonade Stand, you know what was up. Storybook Weaver. Oregon Trail, all of the hits, all of the classics. And that was just such a special thing. And nowadays, you're on an airplane, everybody's playing Candy Crush. Though I do wonder if Candy Crush has been ousted by something. There's a lot of these weird, sexy ads for someone's garden coming up on my phone. I think it's another Candy Crush type game, but they kind of make it seem like this lady's going on sexual conquest adventures. It's very confusing nowadays, and am I becoming the old senile person who doesn't know what's going on most of the time? Or rather, am I just so selective about the content that I consume, which I have gotten that way. I don't just put whatever on anymore. Like, even doing this for Katie hasn't seen that. I have to be intentional about what I watch. But I used to be that person who's like, I started this movie. I need to finish it. I started this show. I need to finish it. And I've gotten so selective about the games I play, video games, that is, the movies I watch, the TV shows I watch, that it's literally been a little bit life changing. I used to play a lot of open world video games on Twitch just because they were popular or I liked the concept of them. But I was finding I was getting so overwhelmed with it that I realized, oh, these games stress me out and give me major anxiety. There's too much to do. There's too many side quests. You stream three days a week. You don't have time to beat a 40-hour game. And then off stream, I barely game. So I think I'm coming to terms with the fact that I can't do everything. There's too much at my fingertips at all times. And I want to go back to 1995 and have a dial-up computer. (laughs) Do any of you ever feel that way where you're like, I'd be good just like hearing the screeches of old dial-up connecting and then having a three megabyte image load in sections very slowly. It's really astonishing to see how far we've come in 27 years. It makes me excited to see where we will be in another 27 years. All of that tangent to say, 
is this movie's a little bit of a time capsule moment. And if someone was like, hey, what was it like when you were a kid? Slap this bad boy on be like the same year Lion King came out. So did this. Check out this sweet, sweet technology. I suppose I should talk about the movie a little bit more than that. So let's just do that real quick. Before I move on, though, from the technology comparison, I did recently play a game called Alien Isolation. And if you've seen the Alien movies, the technology in it is obviously from the late 70s, 80s, which can I just say a movie from 1979 literally killed it. Sometimes you see movies from older generations that just have better practical effects and tech design than some modern movies. And I have to applaud those. And so Alien is one of those. But I also played the video game Alien Isolation. Which, even it being a modern game, they carried that dated technology through the video game, and I loved it. It just worked so well. It was like DOS programming type stuff. It just, I don't know, that was just the thing I thought of as I watched this movie, with the computer tech being a little bit more dated. But that doesn't mean that dated doesn't mean practical. Hackers, 1995, a movie I should talk about now. I liked the editing in this movie. They did a little weird kind of janky slow-mo at the beginning with the kid leaving the courtroom kind of deal. But overall, I really did like the editing that they did in this movie. None of these kids looked like they were high school age. I got to point that out. Let's go through the main characters. We had Johnny Lee Miller playing Dade Murphy, a.k.a. Crash Override, a.k.a. Zero Cool. Angelina Jolie, she looked very young in this, played Kate Libby, a.k.a. Acid Burn. Jesse Bradford was in this. And I was the whole time I was like, because I know Jesse Bradford from Clock Watchers. Is that what that movie's called? Excuse me, I looked it up. It's Clock Stoppers. <laughs> also, bring it on. I think I may have mentioned that in the intro. But he's a baby in this. So I felt like some of the actors looked like they were late 20s. And then some of them looked like they literally were in high school. Can't forget that Matthew Lillard is in this as well. He plays Emmanuel and also Serial Killer, a.k.a. Serial Killer. A lot of people in this. And I have to say one big surprise that came up was Mark Anthony, the singer, as a cop. That was just something you just kind of get whiplash from because I was like, is that Mark Anthony? Immediately on my phone confirmed it was Mark Anthony and was like, huh, didn't see that coming at all. These kids are in a city. Dade moves to New York City. And then goes to a new high school. So he meets this group of kids who happen to just, he like almost falls into a group of hackers. Don't know how that worked out, but it, it worked out. You know, he, he didn't, maybe they all have a spidey sense where they're like, oh, that person knows how to do some run command protocols. <sighs> I think they might be a hacker as well. So they all just kind of find each other after Dade joins his high school. But they're out like living it up in this city. And I was like, is this what high schoolers do? I had kind of an unusual upbringing. Like I mentioned earlier, I was homeschooled, very much not around a lot of other people. It was a whole thing. So for me, seeing this made me wish I lived in a city growing up to experience some of these things. Like the arcade bar type thing or going out doing things, just having those like kind of vibrant experiences, which made me very curious what it would be like to say, grow up as a high schooler in New York City. I know it all comes with pros and cons, but it got my brain moving. And I'm like, wait, what would it be like to be 16, 17 years old growing up in New York City, finding things to do, staying not bored or trying to find distractions? It just feels like it would be a totally different world than the fields of green that I grew up in. And I'm sure people wish for that as well. 
It just made me want to want to know what it was like to grow up in a city. The kids are also smoking a lot, which I mean, smoking in the 90s was kind of a big thing. I have to say no shade to you if you smoke. But how do people smoke in the year 2022? Like they it's just so bad for you. <laughs> and I, every time I see people smoking, I, one of my pet peeves is getting stuck behind someone smoking on a sidewalk because I choose to not smoke and I just don't want to be around it. And so if someone is in front of me and they're smoking, I try so hard to get around them. And it's not to be offensive. It's just like I don't want to breathe it in. So these kids are smoking so much. And it was very in vogue in the 90s to smoke. And this movie had these youngins just like chimney smoking, it felt like. Not sure at this age, though, if this was normal for people to like smoke this much. (laughs) That was like a thing that happened. People would legitimately have access to that. But I also I don't know the rules and regulations about smoking. So that was just something I noticed because there was a lot of cigarette smoking. So from my intro, I thought they were going to do something silly, you know, with their hacking ability. And I literally wrote in my notes, they out here hacking banks. And I thought they were going to hack a mall. LOL. I thought that this was going to be like child's play. But legitimately, these kids are doing like high crime hacking, which I did not expect. I was like, okay, they're just going to like try to go to wet seal and steal some coats. No. No, they're trying to steal. They're just trying. It's the thrill of the hack. And the thrill of the hack includes hacking some banks, I guess. Fisher Stevens is in this, who, if you grew up also in the 90s, he was from Short Circuit. I don't know if any of you remember that. I think nowadays it's very clear that his role was problematic in Short Circuit, or rather legitimately problematic because of the character he played in that movie. When I was a kid, it was one of those things that it came out in 1986. So I think everybody watches about robots, but I knew him from that. He's legitimately been in a ton of other things as well, though. But when I saw him in this, he played the main bad guy hacker dude, which is clearly an official term. And he plays the plague. So he's got this whole scheme. He's got his girlfriend person who is kind of in on it. And they're setting up like a back door for money to be siphoned into an account so that he can kind of get away with it and steal a bunch of money from this bank. But he's also working for the bank as the hacker supreme who can help prevent hacking from happening. So it's an inside job. These kids hack a bank, find some information that they shouldn't about this backdoor scenario with bad money transfers going down or about to go down. Also, there's something with the ships that's going to happen that could potentially be devastating. There's also like a distraction technique. So this whole thing, the kids accidentally stumble upon his secret plan, figure it out, and then they're kind of like hunted down by the plague. And he's got all these cronies because the bank's backing the plague, essentially, to figure this out because they don't know that he has set up this sinister plot to get a bunch of money from them. Penn Jillette was in this as well, which was like wild to me just because it's Penn Jillette. And I was like, hey, he's in this. And if you don't know who Penn Jillette is, Penn and Teller, the magicians. So it's Penn from them. I did wonder because Coke products came up in this movie a lot if this was some of the old school product placement, which I feel like is so obvious nowadays. 
We were watching the boys the other day and they're just cracking open some LaCroix, a little bit of White Claw. Which I was like, wow, all the sparkling water is getting in on this. So I think Coke had a little bit of a, hey, we'll help fund your movie a bit if you put a bunch of Coke products in your movie. So I definitely noticed that. Didn't make me buy any because I don't really drink soda, but I did notice it. Joey, who is played by Jesse Bradford, I can't remember his hacker name. He gets arrested. It's just like, I didn't think the stakes were going to be that high right out the gate. Because Joey's the one who kind of found this trash folder that had the secret information in it from the plague. Put it on a floppy disk. I almost said a thumb drive, but literally on a floppy disk. If you remember what a floppy disk is, damn. I mean, we, we, are, we are kindred spirits. Remember the games that would be installed with like nine floppy disks? And so you'd put one in and then it's like insert floppy disk three of nine. So you like put them in and out until the game was fully installed, a.k.a. Jeopardy. <laughs> I just remember Jeopardy, the game specifically being one of them that sticks out to me. It was also at this point, I did not know where the movie was going. There's a UPS delivery in here that is just as awkward as it can be in real life. The movie just kind of had a lot of stuff going on, but I was like, I don't know what the point is. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish here. I feel like Dade is in this as the main character, but it's just these kids live to hack. Maybe it's just something that they can identify with and they enjoy. But I'm out here just trying to figure out where the movie's headed at this point. I mean, Joey's in prison. It's, it's kind of a very confusing plot, but also very straightforward, if that makes sense. I couldn't logic a lot of their choices. There's this whole hacking underground, and I feel like because it wasn't established, like, wait, how did, how did you just happen to find all these hacking friends that I got a bit confused? I'll be honest. I was just a little bit maybe out of touch with their dynamic of rooting for the hacker kids especially when you see dade's mom like hey are you staying out of trouble i really just want you to go to school and dade's just like mom i gotta hack so it's a little bit you know i felt bad for the mom a little okay dade and the group essentially find out joey had the secret information that the plague wants he agrees to give the plague back this information and just the pickup Oh my gosh, when the plague comes to pick up the disc from Dade, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. He's like riding down a street on a longboard or some sort of situation, grabs it out of his hand, just skates off into the evening. Too like over the top. Honestly, I respect it. I wish I had that much swag doing anything ever. They did give him back something, but did keep the information and want to exonerate Joey, but also give the plague what he deserves. And this is where the whole hack the planet, hackers of the world unite kind of come together. And I didn't know that that was the origin of that saying is hack the planet. And they literally get a group of hackers across the world to work together to get the information to release about this plague character and kind of expose him to the world. There was a point in this movie where they hacked the traffic lights. And I just want to say, I'm sure a lot of people died that day. Just because you think about it, we rely so much on traffic lights to dictate everything about road safety. And if those are going out across New York City, there's got to be some casualties in there. And at the end of this movie, they just kind of jump all over the place. So overall, what did I think of Hackers? I thought the plot was a bit out there. I found it hard to connect with the characters. 
I really wanted to enjoy this movie more than I did. I think it was just a little bit too long. How long was this one? I can't remember how long this one was. This one was an hour and 45. This one could have been shorter, I felt like. I just didn't care about the characters. I really liked this movie at the beginning. And then as it went on, it just slowly felt like the wheels fell off a bit for me. And while I didn't hate it, I just didn't really feel like it was that memorable. I can see how it's like a cult classic. It reminded me kind of like an R-rated Disney Channel original movie. If you all remember Brink with Eric Von Denton, the skating one, the roller skating one, it just reminded me of a Disney Channel original movie on steroids. It kind of had that where there's a plot and they really tried and they really did stuff here and they showed some cool technology. And I think if I watched this as a 17, 18, 19 year old, I probably would have been all about it just because it's a cool concept to be that age and doing these things. But at my age, you know, I can see some flaws in their plans, a little bit more recklessness. And I respect the fact that they were trying to take down a bad man. Totally get that. I'm on board with that. The movie just didn't hit for me in the ways that I was hoping to because so many of you told me to watch Hackers and I've watched it. I know how to hack the planet now. I know that there's this secret underground world of hackers and apparently a bunch at high school. So that's my main takeaway from this movie. And I will say because life went to 160 miles per hour, I did watch this movie and I didn't hate the experience. I just know like it wasn't as memorable as I thought it would be. I do remember a lot of the movie, but the characters kind of faded pretty quickly after I watched it. And I think that that sometimes is very telling to me because I'm like, okay, certain characters will stick in your brain forever. And I don't know that any of them stuck out to me because Dade as the main character, like I knew he was there, but he wasn't the strongest part of this movie. I didn't feel like. I thought the supporting roles really carried it and I liked the fashion in it. I like the stylized 90s-ness of it. You know, I'm not mad I watched Hackers. I'm just kind of indifferent about it, you know? (laughs) I think if I were to give Hackers a rating, it would be 5 out of 10 colorful floppy disk viruses everywhere. It's like a hacking for the everyman kind of movie, you know? Want to have the friends over for a little hacking fun? pop this movie on it does it just feels like a movie it's meant to be a fun ride go to the movie theater it's a popcorn movie and there happens to be hacking which i do love i've played hackers and tabletop shows and i won't lie the idea of being a hacker sounds so fun i think we've all romanticized it as a society and probably hackers has something to do with that because you can be a badass high schooler hacking banks and taking down bad men so overall the movie's fun i probably won't watch it again but I'm glad that I did get to see it at one point, and I'm glad I know how to hack the planet. So let's dive into some trivia. This is kind of a sad one, but also interesting to me, is that Johnny Lee Miller, who played Dade, and Angelina Jolie, who played Kate, were married shortly after the making of this film, and then they did divorce four years later. But I was like, oh, that's just interesting to know, having seen this. Apparently, the hacking sequences, which are the scenes where you see inside of a computer, are mostly motion-controlled models because director Ian Softley thought that actual computer graphics would look too artificial, which I don't think 
that's an incorrect assumption for 1995. I do. I'm a huge fan of practical effects. I know nowadays CGI can do so much, but I'm a big fan of practical effects and utilizing that where you can because I feel like it just makes everything more visceral and I really enjoy that. Apparently, Johnny Lee Miller also attended a hacking convention to help him get into character. And I'm now learning that there's a lot of hacking underground stuff that I know nothing about. But it's super interesting and I kind of want to do a deep dive into it now. And last but not least, this one was interesting to me. Penn Jillette's character is named Hal in the credits. And some speculate that it's most likely a reference to the HAL 9000 computer system from the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey. All right, I want to know, did you like Hackers? I know a lot of you do, and I don't know if nostalgia plays into that or you saw this movie later in life and you've just absolutely love it. I'm usually a big fan of 90s movies, so I always can find some things to appreciate about them. But I'm curious, if you watched Hackers or if you've seen Hackers, what do you think about it? Oh, hey, I'm back with some comments about the last episode where I watched Magic Mike. And it appeared that it was a little more of a deep cut than I thought, or people were not as excited about it as I thought people would be. So I'm going to read a few comments that some of you shared about the episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hackers. We're getting into the tail end of season two. I believe we only have two more episodes left. So if you're a Hackers fan, if you're hacking the planet, Let me know what you thought about this episode. And without further ado, let's get to the comments. From Twitter, up first, we have Invisible Jazz, who said, not all heroes wear capes. Some wear a lot less. Which, if you listen to the episode, I thought for sure that these magic mics were fighting crime. And I was very wrong. Also from Twitter, Faster Than Light shares, who wouldn't want to watch scantily clad crime fighters grinding away for truth, justice, and the American way. Also, perfect timing because the finale to the trilogy releases early next year, Magic Mike's Last Dance. I'm hoping it's a Logan-like tale, but sexy. (laughs) I guess we'll see. I'll have to watch the second one and the third one. That's apparently coming out this year, the trilogy of the Magic Mike cinematic universe, the MMCU, is coming together now. And last but not least, I have this wonderful comment from Discord from a wonderful person named Chemical who said, I finally caught up on Katie Hasn't Seen That. I love it so much. And we seem to share some unpopular opinions. Studio Ghibli food slash moral ambivalence and the Coen brothers adulation. The big Lebowski aside, to name just two. As someone who thinks Event Horizon is one of the most underrated sci-fi slash horror movies ever made, and wished I could experience The Expanse for the first time again, it's safe to say we share some common tastes. You made the scales fall from my eyes with your Blade Runner review, and did not let me down when you mentioned the notepad doodle scene in The Big Lebowski. Actually shout laughed and woke my wife up. Thanks for a brilliant podcast. I'm looking forward to starting Quantum Drive this weekend. Thank you so much, Chemical. This comment made my day, made my week, made my year. Katie hasn't seen that is a passion project, so it makes me happy to know I'm not the only one who has my hot takes and controversial opinions, but also just that people listen to and enjoy it. So thank you so much for sharing that in the Discord. And I hope you enjoy Quantum Drive, which is my other podcast, y'all. If you don't know what that is, it is one I do with my friend, Rob. We talk about the TV show, The Orville, and we have interviews with the cast and crew. So go listen to that one as well. Two more episodes left, y'all. And until the next episode, tell me what you think of Hackers. And if you totally disagree with my review. Okay, I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. 
if you want to hang out with me more, or if you just want to yell at me for my thoughts on a specific movie, I stream over on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash katiepetersplays. If you'd like to support the podcast and buy me a coffee to fuel my reviews, you can over on Ko-fi at www.ko-fi.com slash katiepetersplays. You can join my Discord to discuss the movies I review with other Katie Hasn't Seen That fans by visiting discordapp.com slash invite slash katiepetersplays. If you enjoy Katie Hasn't Seen That, please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps others find the show. Also, feel free to follow and chat with me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Instagram and YouTube at KatiePetersPlays. Music written and performed by Mark Can Do It, Katie Hasn't Seen That is a part of the Geek Generation Network.